Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Good morning, everybody. It's a lot warmer here than in the Kalahari. (laughs) The world is so small. I was chatting to a guy outside, and uh, I discovered his name is Richard, and and we were in school together. Can you you believe it? In in the technical high school in Kimberley. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, I preached a sermon for the bikers in Uppington. And as I was talking, the Lord said to me, you need to bring the same word here this morning. Um, And he said to me, that word that I brought in Uppington, it's nice and it's good, but I actually intended it for you. So that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm going to bring you a word from the heart of God, especially for this congregation. Um, The title of this morning's sermon is, Who's Your Daddy? Now, I specifically selected that so that when somebody asks you in spa after church, what did George preach about? I know you're going to remember this. He, He spoke about who's your daddy. But if I can give you the more spiritual title, the more spiritual title would be, In whose authority do you operate? Now, I just want to make sure that I'm speaking to the right audience this morning. Uh, You can give us the first slide there, Tians, the one that says troubles comes in threes. Um, Do you also find it that when, when you have trouble, it's not only one problem that approaches you. They always comes, they always come in a bundle. I think, I think, Troubles are afraid. They, uh, they don't tend to walk alone. And, and, it, and it's so true because you remember the guy there in the Bible, Bible with the name of Job who had all the problems. Hey, uh, when that first friend of him spoke to him. Now, just by the way, this is totally for free. You don't have to tie it for this. Um, that first friend, his, his name in English was Opportunity. That's, that's what that guy's name actually means, opportunity. And, and opportunity spoke to Job, to Job. And he said, Job, do you know that as sure as when you sit around a fire and you see, you see those little sparks going upwards, hey, I think it's, it's a, the law of physics that says hot air rises. Um, as sure as that, that little sparks goes up when you sit around a fire, that's as sure as men or man attracts trouble. Job 5 verse 7 says, but, but trouble comes to everyone as soon as they are born. But sometimes we, as human, we tend to think that trouble comes to us to make, make us negative or to make life difficult for us. 
but there's a bigger plan that the enemy has in mind. And go to the next slide. I want to, I want to speak about a bit, a bit about the trouble our Lord Jesus had the night when he was caught and he was crucified the next day. In the Lord Jesus' case, troubles didn't come to him in threes. Man, Satan threw the book at him. Because, you know, God said, he said, I will not tempt you above what you can handle. But, you know, the Lord could handle anything. So, so when Satan tempted Jesus, man, he threw the book at him. Can, can you imagine that night when he was arrested? So, oh, Judas, Judas Iscariot, he, he betrayed Jesus. So, imagine how the Lord felt. And then all of his friends, they left him. They, they couldn't even pray with him in the garden. They, they fell asleep. Jesus was utterly alone. Then the Lord was arrested. He was deserted by his friends because they were afraid that they're going to be arrested as well. He was beaten by the Roman soldiers. He was spat on. He was falsely accused. He was whipped. He was sentenced to death. He was hung naked on the cross. He was nailed to that cross. And, and you know, when, when, when the devil saw, he's not going to break the Lord's spirit. You know what he did? He even used the guy hanging on the cross next to Jesus. He said, the devil, I'm sure the devil said, let me, let me just try one more time to get him off this cross. And, and the guy hanging there next to him, he said, hey, if you are Lord, why don't you get us off this cross? And, and Jesus answered him. But he didn't speak directly to him. Because you see, I think the Father, the Holy Spirit worked in the guy's heart on the other cross. And he said, hey, you're speaking to the Lord here. We, we hang, and hang on this cross because we're sinners. But this guy didn't sin. <laughs> and then Jesus answered that guy through this guy. He said, before the night is over, you will be in paradise with me. I think, I think he actually answered the devil. He actually said to him, <laughs> I'm not going to give up hope. I'm going to take this man to paradise with me. And you know, there was one thing that the devil tried to do so desperately with all these things that he threw at the Lord. And that's the next slide. He just wanted him to give up. And, and sometimes it's exactly what the devil does to us. He throws all these troubles at us. And not to make life difficult for you. He just wants you to give up. And say, this is not worth it. Now, now I want to bet the story down. I want to bet this message down in your hearts this morning. And I want to I tell you a story from the Old Testament to bet it down. But, oh, Jeremy Mansfield, when I was still living here in Johannesburg, he, oh, Jeremy Mansfield said, when you tell a good story, you, mu you must first sketch the background. So, so here's me sketching the background. I'm going to tell you the story about David and Goliath this morning. So, so the arch enemy of Israel in those times were the Philistines. And the Philistines had invaded Israel. Now, before we get to the rest of the story, I just want to point out something to you. In those years, King Saul, he was the first king of Israel. And, and he himself was a bit of a giant. The Bible says he stood 
head and shoulders above everybody else. And, and, and to the ladies, he was a bit of eye candy as well. The, the Bible says he, he was a nice-looking young man. And Saul, King Saul, he knew the hero of the story of David and Goliath. David. Now, this is important. This is why I'm telling it to you, to you before I'm starting my story. You see, Saul was the king of Israel. And he was supposed to listen to the word of God. But in those years, God didn't speak to people directly like the Holy Spirit speaks to us now. He spoke through the prophets. And in those years, the prophet was the prophet called Samuel. But then Saul got arrogant. And he stopped listening to God. He stopped listening to what the prophet Saul was telling him. And he started doing his own thing. And guys, when I woke up early this morning and I, and I was dusting off my, my, my sermon, the Lord said, I want you to tell somebody in the audience the following. The minute King Saul started stop listening to me and started doing his own thing, I left him. So I don't know who I'm telling to this speaking to this morning. I'm just telling you what the Holy Spirit said to me this morning. If you're sitting in your king position and in your leadership position this morning, and you are going to stop listening to God, God is going to leave you alone. He's going to let you follow your own ideas. So whoever I'm speaking to, stop it. Stop following your own ideas and, and listen to the Holy Spirit. So, so the Lord decided he's no longer, he doesn't, want, he doesn't want Saul as king anymore. He wants a new king. And when the Spirit of God left Saul, Saul started getting these anger fits. He was sitting in his palace there in Jerusalem. And then the devil would enter his heart and, and, and he will get these raging fits. And, and then, and then the, the, the palace staff, I made a suggestion to Saul. I said, Saul, why don't you get somebody that can play the guitar very nicely? Because I think the palace staff knew that God lives under the praises of his people. He said, why, why, don't, why don't we get somebody that can really play the guitar? And, and, and when you get these mad fits, this guy can play the guitar and, and, and peace and calm will come in the palace again. I think the palace staff was pretty fed up with Saul chucking around stuff and having all these anger fits. So, so now the reason why I'm telling you this because I want you to, to know that before this battle, Saul knew David. Because the palace staff recommended, they said, we know of a very nice young guy. His name is David. He plays the guitar very well. Why don't you invite him to come and live in the palace? And, and when you become so mad, David can sit and he can play the guitar for you and you can calm down again. And, and Saul sent a message to David's dad. David's dad's name was Jesse. And he said, 1, Psalm 16, uh, 1 Samuel 16 verse 19. So Saul sent his men to Jesse with this message. Tell your son David to come to me. That is your son that takes care of the sheep. So David came into the palace, and the Bible says, and Saul really liked David. And, and he even made him his arms carrier. So when he went into battle, David was the boy that carried his, his spear and his sword, and, 
and his shield for him. So Saul knew David and he knew Jesse. Now remember that because it's going to become important later on. Now, here's the scene. Philistines are, Philistines are, are, are camped on the one side of the mountain. Israelites are camped on the other side of the mountain. And there's a little, little stream running in the center of these two mountains. And there's this big giant. Name is Goliath. He stands three meters tall. And every day he comes out and he mocks the Israelites. He says to them, hey, you little, little Israelite slaves, we are going to kill you today. And we are going to make slaves of you, women and children. And the guy that was supposed to fight him was the guy that stood head and shoulders higher than the rest of the nation of Israel, Saul. But man, yeah, this is where the problems begin. Now, if you can go to the next slide, Christians. At that stage, Saul was already 72 years old. He's already, he already gotten on in his years. And although he was still on the battlefield and he was still out in front, everybody knew our elderly King Saul can't fight that giant anymore. Things were pretty hopeless for Israel. Because you see, the Philistines were camped in a place called Suku, Soko. And, and that was in the province of Judah. And, and Judah, that's, that's, where the, that's where the capital city of Jerusalem is. So the Philistines had already invaded Israel. They were already camped there. They were a lot stronger than the Israels, uh, than the Israelites. These guys had pretty much given up hope, the Israelites. They were afraid. If they lost this battle here, the women and the children of Israel would become slaves. And the only thing standing between them and slavery was somebody to fight the giant called Goliath. And there was nobody. This went on for 40 days. For 40 days, every morning and every night, that giant would stand up and mock the Israelites. Am I speaking to the right people? Can, is that happening in your lives at the moment? Is it happening in South Africa at the moment? Is it happening in your church at the moment? Sometimes we just feel like giving when this little shepherd boy came onto the field, even his brother, his eldest brother, said to him, he said, David, what are you doing here? You're a boy. You're not supposed to be on this battlefield. And David came and he said, hey, what is, what is, this, what is this giant doing? Why, why is he mocking my God? Does he not know who my God is? And, and his brother said to me, he said, hey, hey, shut up. Just now the king hears you. And David went to the king, and I want to tell you how desperate King Saul was. Now, I know, dads, that you love both your sons and your daughters, but your boys you raise in a way to fend for themselves. But your daughters, man, <laughs> you take care of them because they like your prized possession. You know how desperate Saul was? He said, the man that can beat this giant can have my daughter. Saul was desperate. He didn't know what to do anymore. And, and, and David said, I'll go and fight him. And, and, and because Saul knew David, he must have thought, 
hey man, this is a shepherd boy. And, and, and this Goliath, he's a, he's a battled, hardened soldier that knows how to fight. How, how, will, how will David win this fight? And, and, and Saul said, yeah, David, I know we're desperate here, but I don't want this giant to like kill you in the first blow because that's going to break the morale of the Israel, Israelite soldiers even more. At, at least put on my armor. And David did, and he, and he put on the armor. And then he said, I can't walk with this. Because you, you know, this has got such relevance to the situation that we're in today. Because we're not supposed to be fighting with the armor of the world. We're supposed to be fighting with the armor of the Spirit. And, they, and David said, this is not going to work for me. Because I'm already equipped. I already have the armor of God that protects me. Uh, do, do you know the story about the, 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 the eagle and the snake? Uh, the, the eagle comes down and when he grabs that snake, he doesn't fight it on the ground. Because on the ground, the snake, the snake is champion. But in the air, he, he can't fight that eagle. And, and you know what? Sometimes when you're sitting, we are sitting in that desperate situation that we don't know how to get out of because the enemy is just throwing everything at us. You know what we do? We, we want to fight him with the, with the weapons of the world. And, and we can't. Because the devil is champion when it comes to throwing problems at you. But when you lift the devil up in the air and you fight him with the, with the armor of God, there's no ways he can win you. And, and you see, David knew this. The Israelites were so morally broken. That's why they send a child out onto the battlefield, because I think they, they, they argued in their heads, saying, well, you know, if we send somebody out to go and fight the giant, because the giant said, send your champion, and then we'll make you slaves. Well, let him just kill somebody. And then at least we'll, we'll just be slaves and, and we'll still live. And I think that's sometimes what we do with the devil as well. Let him just have this round. We'll just do what he says. That's not what God intended for you, my brother and sister. He intended for you to live as a king in his kingdom. And to have more than what you need. To have your cup overflow. But sometimes we get so used to ESCOM politics and, and potholes and, and, and poor finances. And we just accept it. It's not what God intended for you. Don't just surrender. Don't do what Israel did. They accepted defeat. That's why they send the boy into battle. But, but then here the story turns. David said, I'll go as I am with what I have. 1 Samuel 17 verse 40 said, says, instead, David picked up his shepherd's stick. I don't know what you have in your hand this morning, but, but don't grab at earthly weapons. I don't know what God gave you, but what God gave you is enough to win your battle, your spiritual back battle. He picked up five round stones from the stream. He put it in the pocket of his shepherd's bag. He held a sling, another thing that he had, 
and, and listen to this. And he walked towards the Philistine soldier. So often when that enemy just stacks up everything against us, you know what we do? We, we run away. Ah, man. Take what God has given you and start walking in the direction of the enemy. Because you've got God behind you. Why are you sitting here in desperation? If you've got, if you've got God, the God of the universe, our, our God behind you, let me tell you what happened on that battlefield. Satan has got one weakness. And, he, and he's always had it since the beginning of time. Do you, do you remember that Satan was the first angel in heaven? And he became so arrogant. He thought he could overthrow God. And, and that's his weakness. And it's exactly what he did on this battlefield here. You see, when, when David approached him, he looked at David and he said to his house bearer, get away from me in front of me. Who's this dog coming to me? He, he said to David, do you think I'm a dog? You're approaching me with a stick. Don't, don't you know that I'm Goliath? Look at all my weapons. <laughs> and that's the weakness of the devil. Because he doesn't know who you are and what you have in your hand and who's, and who's behind you. And then, and, then, and, then, and then Goliath said to David, he said, do you think I'm a dog that you can fight me with a, with a stick? And, and you know that famous words of David where, where he says, you come to me with a sword and with a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And, 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 and he says, the Lord does not need swords or spears to save His people. My dear brother and sister, the Lord doesn't need the weapons of this world to save you, to save your family, to save this congregation. He only needs your faith. The Lord will fight the battle on your behalf. He will, he says, David says to the, to, to, to Goliath, I almost said to the devil, but yeah, I guess he did. To Goliath, he will put you under my feet. Have you, have you ever sang, sang that song say, that says, he's under my feet, he's under my feet? Ah, it's a, I think this is where it comes from. Satan is under our feet. Don't underestimate the power that you have. I want to, there's a verse in the Bible that says, it's the privilege of God to hide things in the Bible. And it's the honor of kings to discover it. And I, and I want to show you this this morning. Remember I said that, that Saul knew Jesse. And he knew David. And, and, and when David, when he won that fight in the spirit, God gave him the victory physically as well. Because after David went slinging and the rock struck the giant and the giant fell down, it says, and David walked to the Philistine. He was still alive. He took out his sword, physical sword, and he cut off his physical head. And, and when that happened, 
says here, Saul watched David when he went out to fight the strong Philistine soldier. Saul said to Abner, now Abner was, was, was Saul's battle chief. He was his general. He led his armies. He said to him, who's this young man? Who's his dad? Huh. When that doesn't make sense because Saul knew him. And, and when there's something like that, it's like a little red flag, flag, flag planted in the Bible that says, dig here. And that's what I did. I went digging there. And I wondered about this for a long time. The word Jesse in Hebrew means the God or the King that exists. And the word David in Hebrew is translated into beloved. So, so when, 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 when Saul asked Abner, who's this boy? Who's his dad? Abner said, I don't know. But Abner knew him as well because he often saw David on the battlefield carrying old Saul's shield and his, and his arms. And when, when, when David returned with Saul's head in his hand, oh, with Goliath's head in his hand, Saul repeated this question. He said, who's your dad? I think what he actually was asking him is, in whose authority did you do this? Let me, let me open this up for you. David answered him. He said, and David answered, I'm the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. So let me land this plane for you. So in just different words, what David said to him, the beloved, you know who the beloved is? You. You are God's beloved. And the beloved said to him, I am the son of the servant king. Born in Bethlehem. That's what you are as well. You're the son and the daughter of Jesus Christ. Born in Bethlehem. You know, sometimes when we go out onto the battlefield and we fight the difficulties that we're fighting right now in our lives, in our country, in this congregation, the minute you go out onto the battlefield, the first thing that the devil is interested in in whose authority is this guy fighting me? And if you're fighting the enemy in the authority of your dad, in the authority of Jesus Christ, then the devil backs off. But sometimes we become so desperate, we want to fight the fight here and now in this realm. And in this realm, Satan is the expert. You can't fight him. There's only one thing you can do. You must take this fight to the devil and take him into the spiritual realm. And I guarantee you, you'll back off. And I'm saying that under authority of the Bible. It says, withstand the devil and he will flee from you. Guys, sometimes we become so desperate, we want to give up hope. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do. I wonder, I wonder, who was the most afraid the night when Jesus was arrested? Was it Jesus or was it the devil? Because you see, the devil can't see the future, but he can read the signs. And he knew what was coming. 
And he knew if he lost that battle there, he, he suffered a major defeat. And, 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 and the same with the battle of David and Goliath. The devil knew about this mighty king, David, that is coming. Uh, but if he could destroy Israel, if he could destroy David on that battlefield, he would have won a major victory. So you see, when the devil really becomes afraid, he, he starts to take drastic measures in your life. Because he knows who you are with your father behind you. So, so I also used to become very afraid when things go wrong in my life. And I, and I see the devil just stacking it on, stacking it on, stacking it on. And he wants to break me and he wants me to give up. But man, because I'm a Obobian, I've learned something. When the devil, devil starts laying it on to you, amen, you must start asking, I wonder what God has in store for me here. I must just keep on and I must just win this battle because something great is coming. Life Central Madrid, I know what you've been going through. I know what the CMA has been going through. Open your eyes. Can you see something great is coming? Don't give up. Just hold on. Something great is coming. The devil knows it as well. That's why it's, he's laying it on so thick here in this congregation. Don't give up. Last slide. Who's your rock? Jesus Christ is your rock. The rock will win the battle. But man, there's one thing you have to do. You have to sling. <laughs> you, you know what? God could have killed Goliath with a lightning bolt from heaven. He could have made him had a heart attack. But he wanted to make David king. <laughs> God has got for each and every leader and each and every household and in this church as well. Man, he's got mighty things in, in store for you. He wants to make you the champion. God could have killed Goliath. But he wanted to make David the king. But David had to do the slinging. And he had to be brave enough. I don't know what battles you're facing in your, in your personal life. Or in your family. But I know the thicker Satan is laying it on, the bigger your victory is going to be. You just have to hold on. I don't know who I've been speaking to this morning. But I, but I know. I spoke to Peter. And I know his wife, Annika, is sick. I know about Gerard that lies in hospital that had an accident with his bike. And I know about our guitarist that, that is sick, lying at home. And, and, and I don't know about your financial problems. I know about Chris, supposed to be here this morning, Runel is here. But Chris is sick in bed. And maybe you're facing similar circumstances. And maybe you're at the point where you want to start to say, I'm going to give up. This is not working for me anymore. 
I'm going to find greener pastures. My life is not working out. Maybe I should end it. If the devil can just get, get you so far to give up, I want to encourage you this morning. I've been speaking to you this morning and, and you're at the point where you're saying, it's just become too much for me. I want to give up hope. Let me remind you about Jesus Christ on that cross. If he gave up, there would have been no hope for you this morning. You know how many people depend on you, Dad, to stay standing on your, in your family? Church leader, do you know how many people are depending on you? Look up to you and say, as long as he's standing, I'll keep on. CMA, do you understand that you've got a job to do in the biking world, world out there? Do you understand if the devil can make you give up? God has lost the biking world in South Africa. Do you know that there's one thing standing between you and those bikers going to hell? Just you. Just the CMA. Can you see how the devil is forcing you in a position to give up? Don't. This morning, as I was being quiet before God, praying about the service, he said to me, those people that are so miserable and so hopeless this morning, but they want to give up, I want you to pray for them. And that's what I'm going to do this morning. Maybe your act of slinging this morning is simply standing up and saying, Lord, help me. Lord, it's things are not going well in my life. I need you. I need you to fight this battle on my behalf. I want to pray for you right now. So, Peter, will you have to stand for the my Buddha? Brunel, will you have to stand for Chris? And if you want to stand on behalf of somebody else this morning, or if you want to stand up and say, Lord, you can count on me. I'm not going to give up. I'll fight this battle. I'll do the slinging because I know my rock will kill the giant. Whatever, you face, whatever giant you're facing this morning, I want to pray for you. Let's stand, please. Heavenly Father, there's, there's nothing that you expect us to do that you were not willing to face yourself on that cross. And I know that there are people standing in this congregation this morning that are standing on behalf of people that are sick out there, that has got problems out there. Maybe we're standing for our kids. Lord, maybe we're standing for ourselves and we're saying, I don't know how I'm going to get through this week. Lord, therefore, this morning, we just want to put all of our trust in you. And we want to start approaching the enemy's camp. We want to take back what is stolen from us. 
Lord, we want to stand in front of you and say, Lord, you can use me. You can count on me. I'll do the slinging. You do the killing. Lord, this morning we come and we put our circumstances in your hand. We ask that, that you face our giants. Lord, we're willing to listen to what you tell us. And, and, and we're willing to walk out on the battlefield for the biking world, for the sinners out there, for this congregation, for our families. We'll remain standing. Lord, will you please fight this battle on our behalf. Father, I come this morning and I speak healing over the sick in the name of Jesus. I speak restoration into broken hearts as we lay our lives on your altar and saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. Amen. Thank you, guys. You may take your seats. couple of weeks, James phoned me. Handlebar of this congregation phoned me and they said, Joss, come and help us here. Will you come and help us out here? <laughs> I was very arrogant. I said, God better send Gabriel. I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, but I was so arrogant. God answered me in one word. He said, Jonah. That's all. And I knew if I didn't come here and assist you, my ship would sink. My own people will throw me overboard. I'll end up in the belly of a whale. So I'm here this morning and I'm, I'm here for the foreseeable future. I, I still have a work in Kuruman. I'm the director of a private school and I still have a matric class to get through matric. That's why I can't come here permanently right now. But I want you to pray for me. And I want you to pray for this congregation. And I want you to remember that just before the victory, the battle is on its worst. And I, and, I, and I think that's what this congregation is facing right now. And that's why I preach the sermon this morning, because the Holy Spirit said so. Because I think a lot of you are, are about to give up. And I want to tell you, don't. Don't, because God needs you here. God has placed you in a position where He wants to do a great thing. Don't give up. Stay standing. And pray for me and for Stini. So that we will also make the right decisions. And then they're trying to assist to uplift this congregation again. And I also want you to pray for Ramon. Ramon phoned me last night. The guy could hardly speak. So sick he is. And I said, Ramon, we'll pray for you this morning. So we're going to close our eyes now. And we're going to pray for Ramon as well. That he is healed. I also would like you to pray for me so that there's a clear guidance from the hand of God in me and Stephen's life. Will you please bow your heads and let's carry Ramon and his wife in front of the throne of God. Father, we come as a congregation and we bow our heads in front of you. And, and, and Father, as, as those people on the roof let their friends down in front of your feet. You looked up 
at the fife of the friends on the roof, as they brought their sick before you. And Lord, as we bring Ramon in front of you now, I ask that you heal him in the name of Jesus. And Father, look at our faith. Maybe, maybe he's weak at this moment. But Lord, we will trust on his behalf. And therefore, we ask for healing. And, 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 we, and we look forward to him phoning us this afternoon and say, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but God touched me. Lord, we pray for that miracle in his life. Father, and I also speak now your blessing over this congregation, that you'll keep them together in love and in harmony. And the work that you've intended for them to do in this area and in South Africa, that they will be, that we will be greatly blessed in your name. Amen. Thank you, guys. It's been a privilege speaking to you this morning. Looking forward to see you again next Sunday. Stay blessed. Go with God. Don't give up. Amen. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.